Hey guys, Kyle back with Kyle Burrell's Unedited Podcast, episode number 117. Um, no, 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 no college football. Kind of sad. You know, bowl game start up next weekend. But yeah, we'll dive into that on KB and the boys. Um, but there's nothing really to talk about. I mean, there's smaller bowl games. So there's no, you know, there's no more rankings. Um, we'll have, we're going to start, we'll be picking all of our bowl games um, against the spread. Uh, starting Thursday night, um, but today we'll have NFL. Obviously, with the Premier League, college basketball. Big look ahead to UFC two ninety six this coming Saturday. Um, Eight point mock draft, no trades. Then we're gonna finish off some NBA and a LeBron James resume update. Everyone's favorite Jordan fans. Once it gets to that, exit if you want. Um, but uh, yeah, it should be a good podcast. We'll get into main reactions to Week fourteen. In the NFL. Um, just watched. I believe the Dolphins won. It was 27-20 with not much time. Who knows? I guess they could have. They could blow it. But Danny DeVito and the Giants upside the Packers. He throws a... He completes a long pass on the last drive. Um, set up the game-winning field goal at the horn to beat the Packers 24-22. That was my upset of the week on game picks. So I got one there on Lou. Still three back from him, though, with not much time left. Obviously, we'll do our playoff picks just like we did last year, where basically we, in the playoffs, we, uh, we'll we do uh, heads or tails. He gets to choose. If he, if he wins it, he gets to choose the first matchup. I have to take the opposing team. We'll do that again in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, DeVito, DeVito, man, what a story. Uh, Tommy DeVito, what a story. Him and the Giants get a big win. Um, not really sure how much they wanted, but Dayball, you know, Dayball's not that type of guy that wants to lose, so, bad loss for the Packers, though, awful loss, uh, just a disaster for them, um, yeah, uh, just really, uh, sorry, I gotta flip one thing here, but yeah, not a good loss for them, uh, but what a story DeVito's been for the Giants, cool moment there for him in New York, I'm sure those fans are happy, so good win for them, Cowboys route the Eagles, how about them, Cowboys, 33-13, you know, I've been getting asked, does this Cowboys team feel different? And, you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'm I'm, I'm more on the, uh, I think on the, especially the last two, three years, I'd wait and, wait and see what happens, right? You know, I know we're going to win a lot of football games in the regular season because we're a good team every year, pretty much. You're going to win a lot of football games. Um, but I will say... This does feel a tad different. It does. And I hate to say it. And who knows, maybe in a couple weeks when we go at Buffalo, at Miami, and if we lose both those, maybe I'll change my mind. But right now, it does feel different. It just feels like this team is complete all around. Uh, Dak's playing at MVP level. Uh, Two good running backs. A really good O-line. Great receiving core. Jake Ferguson coming on at tight end. A great defense. A great return man in Turpin. A great kicker in Aubrey. A great punter in Inger. It it just seems like, man, if the Cowboys are going to make something happen, this is the year, right? I mean, it's just clicking on all cylinders. Every facet of the game is good for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, so we'll see what happens. But uh, what a win to beat the shit out of the Eagles is always fun. Not give up a single offensive touchdown. Um, take that tush push and uh, brotherly shove and shove it up your ass. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm thrilled with the win. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, it was fun to watch. It was fun. Uh, it was just fun beating the Eagles. Um, can't stand Sirianni. 
I think they're overrated. Um, I still think they're one of the better teams in the league because I do think the league is down on elite teams this year. So I do think they're good, but I don't think they're I don't think they're necessarily a true Super Bowl contender. I don't think they can beat the Cowboys or the 49ers, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, what a win! Chiefs lose to the Bills in heartbreaking fashion, twenty seventeen. I mean, Travis Kelsey pulled off what would have been maybe the greatest play I've ever seen. Um, to throw it back across the field to Kadarius Tony runs into Inso, but he was offsides. Now the big question was it offsides? Well, it's clearly offsides. There's some problems I have with this. Uh, Chief, you can't say that it shouldn't be called, and I understand. Uh, I'm going to get into why I understand where Chiefs fans are a little bit upset. It ha- I mean, it was offsides, right? But after I watched Dan Orlovsky break it down today on ESPN. And he did. He was in that same offsides five times throughout the game, and they didn't say anything to him. No warning, no flag there. But then they throw a flag on that one. That's the problem with officiating: consistency. Nothing is consistent these days. You have to call. It. So he, if you don't call it, why does he think that? I mean, what does he think? I mean, I don't understand. I understand you got to line up on sides, right? But if he, he did it five times throughout the game where he was majorly offsides and it was never called. You got to, in my opinion, be consistent. Um, so I understand why Chiefs fans are pissed off in that regard where you didn't call it all game, but you called it in that moment. I understand why you're pissed off. Now, was it offsides? 1,000% it was offsides. But again, I feel because he was offsides five times before that during the game, and it was never called. It's rough. I mean, it is rough, and the Chiefs are, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's weird to say, you know, it's it, it it is struggling for them, but they're still eight and five. The only good thing for the Chiefs is they have an easy schedule going out. I people are saying that they're done contending for the one. Go look at the Dolphins and Ravens schedule. First off, they play each other. The Dolphins still play the Bills and the Cowboys, and the Ravens still play the Niners also. Uh, this race for the one is not over. The Chiefs own the head-to-head over Miami. Um, I don't know what the three-way tiebreaker rule is, but um, to say the Chiefs are out of the running for the overall one is ridiculous at this point. I know there's only four games left. Is there, is there more than that? Yeah, there's only four games left, but to say it's done is insane to me because the schedule the Dolphins and the Ravens have upcoming, if you we can take a look at it real quick. Um and then the Chiefs schedule is weak. I don't see a I don't see how the Chiefs lose a game the rest of the year. Baltimore Ravens schedule. I mean we're gonna take a look at the Ravens schedule. I mean look at it goes you still have Jacksonville on the road, Miami at home, uh Niners on the road, and Steelers at home, a division game. You know the Jaguars are going to be hungry next week, pissed off at home. Two straight losses to teams you think they beat. No easy game here. Um, Miami Dolphins. Um, 27-21 right now. Actually, the Titans have the ball. What? Going into score. Hold on. You're going to get a live reaction here because this game is... What happened? Did they recover an onside kick? And they got a two-point conversion. So if the Titans score, they win the game. What happened here? Well, we might have a change in stuff right now. Oh, boy. 
Oh my, the Titans are going in to score here. Second and one at the four to just win the game. Derrick Henry, touchdown. And all of a sudden, with a minute 49, the Titans, <laughs> the Titans have tied the game. This is a live reaction. I, I, I turned it off because it was 27-13 with four minutes left. So I thought the game was over. Oh, Lord. They must have, oh, they must have, they must have forced a punt and then they got a big play because four plays 64 yards. Okay, well, this game's not over, but let's take a look at the, the rest of their schedule. Again, they have the, dude, this is so, okay, they have the Jets at home, then they play the Cowboys at home, but then they go two Baltimore Bills at home. Jets look good, they have a good defense. Cowboys, in my opinion, second best team in football. Bills could be playing for their life, and you play at Baltimore. This race is not over, and especially now it's not over. I mean, you're going to get my reaction here um, live. Um, wow. Okay, uh, so these are my rankings as of now. Oh, sorry, more to talk. Okay, okay, yeah. Bears. Bears and Fields upset the Lions 28-13. Fields starting to play well, and I'm wondering... Is he their guy? I love Justin Fields, and I think he is an NFL quarterback and a franchise guy. He's got to do this consistently, though. It can't be slow starts to the year, and I think that's going to hurt him in a decision. Right now, I do think that they want it to work. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Joe Flacco turns back the clock. Browns beat the Jags 31-27. Um, he had 300 plus yards. Joe Flacco was tremendous. Uh, looked very good. Browns are still, they're the, I believe they're the five seed right now in the, uh, in the AFC. So they're comfortably in right now, but it's a tight race. A lot of teams at seven and six. Um, Zach Wilson has a great game as the Jets dominate the Texans 30 to six. Uh, Zach Wilson, my goodness. Uh, he had 300 plus yards. He was tremendous. Uh, he played freely. I thought he looked really good. And then Baker leads the Bucks on a game-winning uh, touchdown drive to beat the Falcons 29-25. They take the lead in the NFC South uh, at 6-7. and seven. It's a, They're all 6-7. and seven. I believe the Bucks have the number one tiebreaker, though. Unbelievable. So what do the Jets do with Zach Wilson this offseason as the Dolphins take the field here? That's the question. What do the Jets do? Here's my thing. I think what you hope is he shows some stuff, right? He looks good, and uh, you can trade him for something this offseason. I think that's what your hope is, that he can these last four games he can look good in three, or three out of the four. Even in some losses, look like, okay, well, maybe he's finding something. I don't know. Um So we'll see what happens there. And uh, Sean Payton, in my opinion, we're going to talk about him again. He deserves Coach of the Year right now at this point. I just want to say it again. What he's done to turn around that franchise from last year is unbelievable. And it's why, in my opinion, I exclude Belichick because I don't want to disrespect him as a coach. So I exclude him because I think that, I, I don't know, I just the Patriots are just bad roster. Andy Reid's the best coach in football. Sean Payton is the second best coach in football. Um, again, I think you're gonna. It's 
it's a the Chargers should be ashamed of themselves for not firing Staley in the offseason and going to get Sean Payton. He would have much rather went to the Chargers. I know this for a fact. He thought the Chargers job was going to become available, and he would have taken it in a heartbeat over the Broncos. Imagine what he could have done with that roster in L.A. with what he's done with this roster in Denver. He should be coach of the year easily. So we're going to skip over my rankings for now. Because uh, if the Dolphins lose, we'll have to drop them. So let's get into some post-week 14 award rankings. I have Dak Prescott number one in MVP. Um, I think he right now has to be. I have uh, Brock Purdy number two. I have Tyreek Hill three and Lamar Jackson four. Those are my top four. Offense player of the year, Tyreek Hill easily one. CMC two, CD Lamb three, and I have Debo Samuel at four. Defense player of the year, Micah Parsons, one. Miles Garrett, two. TJ Watt, three. Deron Bland, four. And it's going to be impossible for him to win it because corners can't win this award. It's kind of like how rare it is for a guard or a, a wing to win defense player of the year in the NBA. Coach of the year, like I just said, Sean Payton, one. D'Amico Ryans, two. Shane Steichen for the Colts. Even though they lost this week, I have him at three. Mike McDaniel, four. Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, foregone conclusion, C.J. Stroud. I got Puka Nakua, two. Jameer Gibbs, three. Bijan, four. Shout out Brandon Aubrey, though. I think he should be in the Offensive Rookie of the Year debate. No, he's not really an offensive player, but... I mean, he is, technically. Kicks a lot of field goals for us and makes them all. Defensive Rookie of the Year, still Jalen Carter, Devon Witherspoon, Will Anderson, and Brian Branch. QB Chopping Block is back. Guy on deck. So this guy needs the rebound. Trevor Lawrence. 28 of 50, 257, did have three touchdowns, but had three interceptions, and none of them were good. And a 31-27 loss to the Browns. Ah, it bums me. Uh, you know, I was super high on him going into the year. I obviously placed a bet on him to be uh, NFL MVP this year. I thought he'd take a giant step. He hasn't. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if he can rebound um, playing Baltimore. Uh, on the block. Jared Goff, 20 of 35, 161, one touchdown, two picks, and a 28-13 loss to the Bears. Bad loss for the Lions. Still two full games up in the division, but bad loss, and he looked terrible. He's got to be better. Um, but, yeah, he, he's, he had to be the quarterback on the block. Uh, it's two out of three weeks. He really hasn't looked very good. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Lions. Um, but a bit of praise. I'm going to go back to Joe Flacco. He was 26 of 45, 311 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. I mean, they asked the old man to throw the ball 45 times. You know? Um, tough. Fourth and two here. Game on the line for Miami. Let's go watch this play. Talk it through. Tua steps up. Tua falls. Tua sacked. Game over. Titans win. Wow. Okay, so let's go back to my rankings. Uh, that will drop the Dolphins. I had them at four. Um, it's a bad loss. I'm going to drop them down to six. So let's get into my let's get into my top uh, sixteen right now. 49ers at one, at ten and three. Cowboys at two, at ten and three. Ravens at three, at ten and three. Eagles at four, at ten and three. Um, 
that'll now make the one. And then the Chiefs at five. The Chiefs have lost so many close games, and I still think they're fine. I trust Mahomes fully in the AFC. I don't know if he can beat the Cowboys or the Niners, if that's where he'd meet in the Super Bowl, but I do trust him in the AFC. Dolphins move down to six now at nine and four. Bills at seven at seven and six. Broncos at eight at seven and six. Jaguars at nine at eight and five. Lions at ten at nine and four. Browns at eleven at eight and five. Texans at twelve at seven and six. Bengals at thirteen at seven and six. Rams at fourteen at six and seven. Tough loss for the Rams against the Ravens. Uh, Vikings at fifteen at seven and six, and the Colts at sixteen at seven and six. So that's the NFL for this week. What a win by the Titans! I can't believe they came back. I turned the game off. Turned, I switched it over to the end of the Giants game. Didn't even think about turning it back on, and then I look at the look up the Dolphins schedule. It says twenty seven twenty one. Titans going into school. I mean, inside the red zone. I'm like, what happened here? All right, Premier League match day 16 predictions. Overall record, 85 wins, 44 losses, 31 draws. Tottenham at Nottingham. Give me Tottenham 2-1. Sheffield at Chelsea. Give me Chelsea 2-0. Palace at City. Give me City 3-1. Fulham at Newcastle. Give me... uh, or (laughs) Yes, Fulham at Newcastle. Give me Newcastle 2-1. Luton at Bournemouth. Give me Bournemouth 2-1. Everton at Burnley, give me Everton 2-1. United at Liverpool, give me Liverpool 3-1. Brighton at Arsenal, give me Arsenal 3-1. Wolves at West Ham, give me Wolves 1-0. And Villa at Brentford, give me Villa 1-0. All right, my 5.0 college basketball rankings. Uh, Number one, Arizona, 8-0. Tough schedule coming up, but they've earned the right to be number one. Kansas at two at 9-1. Uh, Purdue at three at nine and one. UConn at four at nine and one. Baylor at five at nine and zero. Houston at six at ten and zero. They've played nobody though. That's why they're so low for me. Marquette at seven at eight and two. Creighton at eight at eight and one. James Madison at nine at nine and zero. Kentucky at ten at seven and two. North Carolina at eleven at seven and two. Illinois at twelve at seven and two. Gonzaga at 13 at 72, probably 8 and 2. I didn't check their box score tonight. Uh, Texas at 14 at 7 and 2. Clemson at 15 at 9 and 0. And Oklahoma at 16 at 9 and 0. My next five out Tennessee, they're 6 and 3. Duke, 6 and 3. FAU, 7 and 2. Texas A&M, 7 and 2. And Miami, 7 and 2. <coughs> College basketball big games of the week predictions. This will be December 12th through the 18th. Uh, last week went 7 and 1. So a good week overall record now twenty four and eleven. Um, it really is just a Friday and Saturday for big games. Uh, one big game Friday, December fifteenth, uh, in Seattle. I'm going UConn over Gonzaga. Saturday, December sixteenth, Kansas at Indiana. Give me Kansas. A um, and M at Houston. Give me Houston. Uh, Michigan State Baylor in Detroit. Give me Michigan State in an upset. Uh, Creighton, Alabama at Creighton. Give me Creighton. Um, Arizona at Purdue. I'm going to take Arizona to go in there and get a win. I'm sure they'll be underdogs. And then Kentucky, UNC in Atlanta. I'm going to go Kentucky. That's a coin flip game, though. I could see UNC winning that, too. I'm going to I'm gonna go Kentucky, but it's close. So here we go. The big one this weekend, UFC 296. 
This is a big one. Um, man. This card is stacked from top to bottom. Uh, in the in the prelims, you're gonna have a bantamweight bout between Cody Garbrandt and Brian Kelleher. Uh, what a matchup! Garbrandt needs to get this. I know he won his last fight, but he needs if he wants to continue being around, he and getting back towards you know the top, he needs to win the fights like this. Um, Brian Kelleher is no uh, easy easy foe, but uh, he should win this fight if he's on his if he's if he's uh, right on the night. Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell, Bryce Mitchell, late replacement for Giga Chad. This will be the main event of the prelims. What a fight this will be still. Um, Josh Emmett, I wonder if he's slowing down too. You know, getting up there, it's a lighter weight class. Tough matchup, I think. Um, welterweight bout, Vicente Luque, Ian Gary to open up the pay-per-view. What a fight that is. Cannot wait. going to be, you know, I wouldn't be shocked actually though. See Vicente Luque try to utilize some of that wrestling. You know, I think Ian Gary's going to be way faster on the feet. Uh, more versatile on the feet. I could see Vicente Luque trying to use some wrestling. Um, and a lightweight bout, Tony Ferguson. God, I hope this is it for him. Taking on Patty Pimblett. This is the bad thing, though. I think if I think in order to get Ferguson to retire, it needs to be an ass-whooping. I think it's probably going to be. But if he goes out there and upsets Patty, oh, he's going to think, I'm back. Uh, and then a welterweight bout, Shavkat Rachmanov. Finally getting a bigger fight. I'll give it to Wonderboy. The balls to take this fight. Again, I have not checked odds. I like doing it live just to see my reaction of what they are. It's a tough fight for Wonderboy. I'm going to guess he's a 5-1 to one dog. At least a 5-1 to one dog. Um, and then the co-main event, flyweight title fight, Alexander Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. A rematch. Uh, Pantoja submitted the Royval via submission round two. Uh, or via, yeah, <laughs> submitted him in round two. Sorry, I said that twice. But yeah, great fight there. You know you're going to get action with these flyweights. These guys go at it, you know, warriors. Uh, that'll be a great fight. Uh, and then the main event, Leon Edwards, Colby Covington. In my opinion, Colby Covington's last crack um, at welterweight gold. Um, I don't think he could see, I don't I don't foresee him getting back up to the top. Um, if he were to lose this, I don't think he'll get a title shot again. It's a tough fight for both guys. Leon Edwards, uh, I think I think uh, for him, it's distance, maintaining distance, not letting Colby bully him backwards and use that relentless pressure. Um, so yeah, I, I, he, Colby started off has started off slower in title fights against uh, Usman. He can't do that in this fight. He can't Leon. He can't let Leon stay at distance and pick his shots and get up early. He can't let that happen this time. It's got to be fast. It's got to start quick for Colby. Um, the game plan's got to be moving forward, high guard, pressure, volume punches, getting him against the cage, trying to wear him down. Um, that's why I'd be interested. I don't know. You know, I can't go off. I can't think that Leon has a bad gas tank, right? Um, you know, the Utah fight was, you know, he definitely was a little gas, but I think that was a lot to do with the altitude. But how does he deal? If Colby can get going early, how does he deal with the guy? Let me get a drink real quick. Sorry. Um, how does he deal with a guy and how does his gas tank hold up with a guy that just puts that much pressure on you? I mean, Masvidal, I don't think is known for having a, a huge gas tank, but my God, he was exhausted hanging on the arms of 
his coaches at the end of the fight, he was flat out exhausted. Uh, Colby puts on a relentless pace and relentless pressure. Um, wow. Uh, you know, I think that that's got to be Colby's game plan. Edwards obviously wants to stay at range, use all of his weapons he has. He has great kicks, good knees, good elbows, really good slick boxing. That's where he wants it. He wants it at distance, and Colby can't allow that to happen early and let Leon bag the first two rounds like he kind of did against Usman in both fights. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, so some early predictions here. Um, I'm going to go between Garbrandt and Kelleher. I'm going to go Garbrandt round two knockout. I think he just I think he gets back going here in this fight. Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell. It's obviously late notice, but Bryce Mitchell known for really good cardio, just really good pressure and wrestling. I'm going to go Mitchell via decision. It's not... I'm not in love with the pick, but that's that is going to be the pick. Um, I'm going to Ian Gary Luke. I'm actually going to go Gary by decision. I think he just kind of stays on the outside, and he's going to be too fast and uh, too quick for uh, Luke. And I think he just picks him apart for three rounds. Pimblet Ferguson. I'm going to go Pimblet round one knockout. I, you know Tony's gotten finished in his last three. I think he's done. Um, I think in a way this is. Uh, the UFC not really doing great by him because I think what's happened now is uh, MMA media and MMA fans think just because Patty's last performance against Jared Gordon that he's not good. I think that's a uh, I think that's a big mistake. Do I think that Patty is what he thinks he is and that he's going to be a, a champion at some point? I don't know if I think that, but I think Patty's a really good fighter, and I think he's going to go out there and just be too much for Tony, and I think he gets him out of there quick. Shavkat Wonderboy again. Wonderboy balls for taking the fight. Um, I'm going to go Shavkat via round two knockout, though. Round two KO slash TKO. I just think Wonderboy's too, you know, he's he's older. And Shavkat, I think, is going to be the future champion. Um, in the co-main event, the flyweight title, Pantoja Roy Val. I'm going to go the, actually the same thing. I'm going to go Pantoja round two submission, just like it happened in the fir- their first fight. Um, I'd love to see Roy Val win it, um, but I think Pantoja's going to get it done. And then Edwards Covington, again, the fight comes down to me. I'm 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 picking Covington based on I think that he knows this is my last title fight if I lose. I can't just let him bag early rounds. I have to go from the get-go. I have to push the pace and move forward from the get-go. And I think he will do that. And I think Colby Covington wins a decision and becomes the undisputed welterweight champion of the world. So now let's check. UFC 296 odds. So again, I think that Shavkat's probably a a, a pretty big uh, favorite. Um, let's we'll start with the or the prelims that we picked. So Garbrandt, um, we'll do it off of FanDuel. Garbrandt's a minus two twenty five favorite. Kind of expected that to uh, Kelleher's plus one seventy two. Josh Emmett plus one sixty two to Bryce Mitchell's minus two ten. Ian Gary's minus four thirty. To Luke's plus three hundred, Pimblet's minus three thirty to Ferguson's plus two forty. Shavkat is actually almost a seven to one dog minus six seventy to Wonderboy's plus four thirty. Kind of expected that. Um, Pantoja minus one ninety two. Roy Val plus one forty eight. Uh, last time when we checked these odds a couple weeks ago, it was actually almost a pick'em between Edwards and Covington. Now Coven or Edwards up to a minus one fifty six favorite. Covington plus one twenty two. I love those odds on Covington. I'm not going to lie. I really do love those odds um, on Colby. Again, going to be an outstanding fight card, though. 
I'd tune in. UFC 296, ESPN pay-per-view. I would lock in and buy that. It's going to be an exciting card. All right, so let's get into my new mock draft. So this one is going to be no trades at all. Wherever they are is where I have them picking. Um, obviously, the order will change next week after these games have been played. I do my order a little early. I don't just go off of the records. I go off a little bit more projections. But after we, as we're getting closer to the end, I will be going off more records of where they're at. So again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Bears taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at one and not. Uh, I think they would think about trading out, but I just wouldn't. I would take Marvin Harrison and get Fields that weapon if you choose to keep Fields. So Patriots at two take Caleb Williams, quarterback out of uh, USC. Um, easy selection here for the Patriots. Mac Jones obviously not the guy. Obviously Bailey Zappi's not the guy. Um, yeah, so I think it's Caleb Williams at two. And so this is where it gets interesting for the Cardinals at three, because I think if the Cardinals are here and the Bears choose not to take Williams but do take Harrison, I think the Cardinals will trade down and get value for this pick. But again, this is a no-trade mock. So I'm going to go with a, a big need of theirs and a guy I think is going to be the first defensive player taken. That's Dallas Turner, the edge out of Alabama. Um... I would just take him 100%. I think he's unreal. Again, I think he's the best player in the class, best defensive player in the class, and I think he'll be the first defensive player taken. Redskins, I usually have them taking Dallas Turner here. So you go different ways. You could obviously go tackle, um, but I'm going to go with the other edge that I think is the second best defensive player in this class, Latu Latu, edge at a UCLA. I'm going to go him this high, yeah. I think he's an animal. I think these two guys are... Unreal, these two edges, and I think that's the way to go. Giants at five, I'm going Drake May because he's never here for them. So I'm going to go Drake May, quarterback out of North Carolina to the Giants. They could also go weapon. They could easily go wide receiver there, but I'm going to have him go quarterback. Titans at six, I'm going to go Malik Neighbors, wide receiver LSU. Keep getting more weapons around Will Levis. Raiders at seven. Again, until Shador Sanders announces whether he's if he announces that he's staying in college, like most people think, I, he's going to be in my mock drafts, and he is my third quarterback. So Raiders at seven take Shadur Sanders, quarterback out of Colorado. Jets at eight take Olu Fashanu, offensive tackle Penn State. Again, the way this draft has fallen, they're thrilled with that. And so are the Bears at nine. They get Marvin Harrison, and they get a tackle in Joe Alt from Notre Dame at number nine. Ten, Chargers. I'm going Kool-Aid McKinstry, cornerback Alabama. Falcons at 11, fourth quarterback Jaden Daniels, quarterback LSU. Saints at 12, Brock Bowers, tight end Georgia. Seahawks at 13, Jerzon Newton, interior D lineman, Illinois. Colts at 14, Romo Dunes, who is now my wide receiver three in the class, uh, the wide receiver out of Washington. Uh, 15, Bengals, Cooper DeGene, the defensive back out of Iowa. Cardinals via the Texans. Again, yeah, the Cardinals didn't get Marvin Harrison. Not a bad consolation price here. At 16, they take Keon Coleman, wide receiver, Florida State. Steelers at 17 take J.C. Latham, offensive tackle, Alabama. 18, the Rams take Nate Wiggins, cornerback, Clemson. 19, Buccaneers take Jared Versailles, edge, out of Florida State. Uh, 20, the Vikings take Amarius Mims, offensive tackle, Georgia. Again, a guy that's going to be on my mock drafts until he announces. 21, Packers take Chris Jenkins, interior D lineman out of Michigan. I love Chris Jenkins. Everyone knows that. He's been in my mock drafts for a while now. Uh, Bills at 22 take Cameron Kinchin, safety out of Miami. Broncos at 23 take Chop Robinson, edge out of Penn State. Houston via the Browns take Emeka Egbuka, wide receiver, Ohio State. 
I don't necessarily think Igbuka is a wide receiver one. The reason I love the pick is, first off, he had a really good year with Stroud. Secondly is, maybe you don't need a wide receiver one if you can have a collection of Nico Collins, Tank Dell, and Emeka Igbuka, with also John Mechie chipping in there. Maybe you don't need a pure wide receiver one. Maybe just a really good group. Uh, and I th- But I still think Emeka Igbuka can be very good. Uh, Jaguars at 25 take Talese Fuaga, offensive tackle Oregon State. Chiefs at 26 take Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver LSU. Lions at 27 take Kalen King, cornerback Penn State. Cowboys at 28, different here. Braylon Trice, edge out of Washington. You never know what's going to happen with Tank Lawrence at the end of this year, and Braylon Trice, kind of a a good opposite of Parsons. You know, a good run stopper. It can also get after the quarterback, but a good run stopper as well. I like the fit. Uh, Dolphins at 29, Graham Barton, tackle out of Duke. Eagles at 30, Tyler Newbin, safety out of Minnesota. Ravens at 31, Leonard Taylor, interior D lineman, Miami. 32, the Niners, uh, Kamari Lassiter, corner out of Georgia. So six corners in my first round. Um, another quick drink real quick, and then we're going to get an NBA. Start off with a few headlines and discussions. Lakers win the first ever in-season title over the Pacers. Go 7-0 throughout. LeBron wins MVP. The Lakers are starting to click. Uh, like I said, I, I didn't want to judge the team too early because they were in they you know real banged up. Still haven't gotten Gabe Vincent back, but the team has gotten a lot healthier. Vanderbilt being back, we haven't lost yet. Um, we're the number one defense in basketball since he's been back, and I, I think that's a testament to him and how good of a defender he is. And, you know, we can roll out having a lineup with Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt harassing your two best players, AD anchor in the paint. Um, Lakers, in my opinion, are the best defensive team in basketball, and that's how they win games is defense. Um, I thought they did a really good job after the first quarter of, uh, in the second half, I should say, of m- slowing down the Pacers more. I've Like I've always said, certain teams, you know, I think the Pacers are fun to watch and exciting, but I don't think that they're a, a true challenger because they have one gear. You need a team... If you're going to be good, you got to have multiple gears. you got to be able to play multiple styles. I don't think they can play slow. The Lakers, in my opinion, would rather play slower. Not like slowest pace in the NBA, but slower. But the Lakers can also have a – also can play fast and get out and transition and run. That's a great – that can be a recipe for a great team. I think a team that has one gear, it's tougher, in my opinion, to win because if you play a team that can really establish their game – like if the Lakers, you know, if the Lakers played the Pacers, let's just say they played them in the finals. I mean, obviously, that's not going to happen. But the matchup, right? If the Lakers can play the, their pace and you know slow it down a little bit more, not run as much, I don't think the Pacers can play at that pace. Um, but that's just my opinion. Um, but what a good good win for the Lakers. Uh, again, it's not the end all be all, but it is cool to win the first one. People that are hating on it, like Clippers fans and Warriors fans, just shut the fuck up. Especially Clippers fans. My God, you guys have you guys don't know winning about anything. You got you've gotten to a conference title. You haven't you haven't won shit. You know, you guys you guys would, you know, division banner raises and fucking you'd raise anything. And yeah, the Lakers are gonna raise a banner. It's gonna be a different banner, which I like. Don't make it look like a finals banner, of course. Um I don't necessarily love it, but it is what it is. It's the first one. I think it, it does it is cool to win the first ever in season tournament. Uh, I think Clippers and Warriors fans, you just it just shows how, you know, just down they are because their teams suck. And the Clippers can't win anything. The Warriors are done. Oh, not done, but the Warriors aren't good anymore. 
um, you know, just shows how upset they are. Um, will Zion ever turn around? Well, he had a bounce back game tonight. He had 36 tonight. Um, I would like to see him take take this more serious because I think he is so talented, and I've I've been on the Zion side forever, thinking that he could easily be a top um, five player in this league. I don't know if he can ever do that, but yeah, I hope he can get it figured out. Um, are the Warriors finished? I don't want to go all the way finished, but man, I told you, I told they're a play in team. They are a seven to ten seed in my opinion. The roster is poorly constructed. Um, it's just very ironic to see, you know, Warriors fans, oh, everybody else can get help but Steph. Meanwhile, in 2016, Steph was crying in a, in a parking lot on the phone with KD, begging him to come to Golden State and was able to win him two more championships. Again, people tend to overlook that Steph Curry has four NBA titles and only one finals MVP, and we know why that is. Um, Steph's a great player, but... It's ironic to see Warriors fans bitching now. It's funny. It is really funny. Um, let's do two biggest surprises and disappointments in each conference. So in the East, I'm going to go Magic for sure. I mean, they're at the top of the standings. I think they're third or fourth. Uh, impressive start for them. Paul Bancaro went down tonight, though. Hopefully that's not serious. Um, and then I'm going to go the Pacers. Uh, just because I, I did think that they could make the play-in this year and potentially win the play-in and be a playoff team. Um, but right now they look really good. Uh, I think they're about fifth or sixth. So yeah, they've done really well. Disappointment got to be the Cavs, man. I thought they would take a step and really be the team, the third team that could push Milwaukee or Boston in the series. I don't see that right now, and definitely Atlanta as well. Again, you have a lot of talent on that roster for Atlanta, but they can't seem to figure it out um, at all. Uh, the West Wolves for sure. I mean, they're best record in the NBA right now. They have to be. Uh, they have to be my biggest surprise. I'm shocked. And the Rockets. I thought they'd be second to worst in the West this year. Um, so they've been a, they've been a big surprise. Disappointments, obviously, the Clippers and the Warriors, and you could throw the Pelicans in there too. But the Clippers, you know, coming into the year, even without the James Harden trade, oh my god, you know, Kawhi and PG and Russ, they all just stay healthy. We'll easily win the title. Okay, and you got James Harden, and you know they started off like shit, and you know they've played better, of course. Um, how can you not play better with that much talent on the floor? But uh, let's just be honest about those teams. Uh, they're overrated. Um, I just don't. I just don't. I definitely don't. I think the Clippers can. Not going to lie. The Clippers have the talent to be able to win the NBA championship. That's 100%. But will they all be healthy? And can they figure it out as the year goes on? We'll see. Uh, updated NBA power rankings. Um, Bucks one for me. Celtics two. Nuggets three. Lakers four. Suns five. Mavericks six. 76ers seven. Uh, Thunder eight. Timberwolves nine. Again, I don't go off record. I go off who I actually think the best teams are right now. I still don't think... I'm still not going to take the Wolf seriously at all. Uh, it's kind of like the Detroit Lions in football. Uh, prove it to me. You know, go win two playoff series. Uh, Kings at 10, Magic at 11. Um, teams in each conference that I think, that I legitimately think can win a title, I have seven right now. Two in the East, Celtics and Bucks, obviously. In the West, I got the Nuggets, because I'm never going to count out a defending champion. Suns, obviously with that big three, Bradley Beal back soon. Lakers, very deep, great defensive team. LeBron still playing as the best player in the world. Anthony Davis, elite. Defender, and then you know he'll have his games offensively. 
I actually have the Mavericks in here. Um, people might be surprised. And yes, my worry with them is defense. My worry for other teams is in the playoffs, how do you guard two guys that when the game does slow down, because it does in the playoffs, two guys that can just go get you a bucket at any time. ISO ball. That's tough to stop. I think they're that talented, that duo. And I I do have the Clippers in here. I, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to be a Clipper fan and say the Lakers suck. Uh, I'm not going to be that kind of guy, you know? I think the Clippers, if they stay healthy and figure it out, they can win the NBA championship. No doubt. Look at the roster. It's unreal. It's almost, it's almost, it's almost embarrassing if they're healthy and don't win a title, in my opinion. It's almost embarrassing. All right, so a resume update again. I know a lot of you love this. You love when I talk LeBron. Um, but let's just get into the new resume update. We'll just start. All-time leading scorer in NBA history. Um, you know, and people always say, you know, it's a, it's, a, oh, it's a longevity stat. Sure, it is a longevity stat. Part of the reason is longevity, why he got there, right? It's not a Frank Gore longevity stat where he's – all top one of the top all-time leading rushers in NFL history, and he's not one of the best NFL running backs ever. LeBron also has the fifth highest scoring average in NBA history, points per game average. Correct? Okay, at twenty-seven point one, I believe. Um, so it's not just longevity stat. Yeah, you have to play this long to get to this to get to that milestone. You also have to average a lot of fucking points a year, and he does that year in and year out. You're, you're, oh, he only has it because longevity. He only has all these awards because longevity. Yes, but he also is played at the highest level for 21 years. 21 years he's been the best player in the world. And, it's, and we're in year 21, and guess what? Ain't nothing fucking changed. Ain't nothing changed at all. Four-time NBA champion. Ten NBA Finals appearances. Four-time NBA Finals MVP. Remember, Steph won Finals MVP with his four rings. Only player in NBA history with three Finals MVPs on three different teams. Just knows how to carry a franchise. Number four all-time in assists. Oh, so not only is he the greatest scorer ever, right? He, he is. He, and people can say what they want. It's a fact. He's the greatest scorer ever. LeBron James is. is the greatest scorer ever. He's also one of the greatest passers ever. Only player in NBA history to be in the top five in both assists and points. I mean, come on. Oh, and he's also seventh all-time in threes made. Can't shoot, though, right? Can't shoot, though, but he's seventh all-time in threes made. Only player to lead a team back from being down 3-1 in NBA Finals history. He has the greatest defensive play in NBA history. Oh, but, you know, he's not, he's not the defender Jordan was. It's funny. They don't call him a def- You know, they don't say he's a great defender. Wild to me. His biggest highlight play... His biggest highlight play is a chase down block to prevent the Warriors from taking the lead in Game Seven of the 2016 Finals, and it's the greatest play. In def- it's the greatest defensive play in NBA history. 19-time NBA All Star, 19 straight, 19-time All NBA selection, 13-time First Team, three-time Second, three-time Third. Only player in NBA history to make an All NBA selection in year 20, and he's going to do it again in year 21. Four-time league MVP was robbed of four more just because we don't want Jordan to get past or somebody, you know. Um, four-time AP athlete. Oh, sorry, sorry, past one here. 
Six-time All-Defensive Team, five-time first, one-time second, two-time Olympic gold medalist, four-time AP Athlete of the Year, Jordan only three, AP Athlete of the Decade in the 2010s, uh, drafted number, number one overall in the NBA draft. Jordan was drafted third overall, rough. NBA Rookie of the Year, most triple doubles in NBA Finals history, only player to ever average a triple-double in the NBA Finals. Great stat here. Uh, second, he, he's, he, you know, he's scared of the big shots, right? Second most game-tying or game-winning, game-winning shots made in the final minute of fourth quarter overtime with 81. Only one player has more. That's Kobe with 88. And that was last year. LeBron could have more now. Most clutch-time points in NBA history with over 2,600. And that was last year. Definitely has more now. Oh, oh, most buzzer beaters in NBA playoff history as well. He's not clutch though, right? These narratives that people have are people that are either trying to troll just to get reaction or people that just don't know basketball and are brain dead. Plain and simple. The narrative is he's not an all-time great scorer. No, you're right. He's not an all-time great scorer. He's the greatest all-time scorer. Oh, he's not clutch. No, no, no. He's the most clutch. Right, he's the most clutch in NBA history. Actually, he's the most. Um, you know. Oh, he can't battle through adversity. Oh, he's the only guy with a three-one comeback in NBA Finals history. Right? Okay. Can't shoot though, but he's seventh all-time in threes. Most playoff wins in NBA history. Most playoff series won in NBA history. Ended the Warriors' streak of 19 straight Western Conference playoff series wins. Ended the Warriors' dynasty. Warriors fans have to be in fucking shambles that LeBron has outlasted them. Rough. Oh, and oh, this one's going to hurt some people. Uh, because all, all I hear, right? He, I'm told he only plays on super teams. LeBron's, and I don't know, and this isn't, I don't think this is uh, this year and half of last year. LeBron's team's record when he does not play is 59 and 111, a 34.7 win percentage. But again, I'm told the only plays on super teams that can help him and carry him as well. That's rough. Oh, he also won just now, or just recently, won the first ever in-season title and MVP. Jordan never did that. Jordan doesn't have an in-season title or an MVP. In-season MVP. Doesn't have it. Doesn't have an in-season tournament MVP. That's rough. And officially, I mean, this is, it's not really official now. It's been for about six, seven years now. The longest prime in NBA history, 21 years of being the baddest motherfucker on the planet, the best player in the world for 21 years. You all are in shambles. He's no questions asked. The greatest basketball player of all time. And I know it hurts you guys. I know it does. Go to sleep easy. Don't stay up. Some of you guys, man, just can't help it. Go to, just rest, rest peacefully. I ask that you get some good sleep. Don't, don't stay up late at night thinking, God damn, LeBron's so good, but what can I say? You know, fuck, man, what can I say? I know it's rough. It's rough. It sucks that, you know, your god, Michael Jordan, is no longer, and obviously, in my opinion, has not been the greatest player. He's not the greatest player ever. It's LeBron. It's LeBron. I'm sorry. I know it sucks. It sucks. You know, someday I might have to realize that somebody's better than LeBron. 
but not for a long fucking time. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I know that'll upset some people. So I just, I just love putting jokes in there because I know that'll upset some people. But yeah, uh, again, tune into those UFC fights, man. This is more, this potential card of the year written all over it. Uh, really, in my opinion, a seven fight pay per view. You're getting two fights in the prelims that easily could be on a main card of a pay per view. Um, so make sure you tune in there. And uh, yeah, we'll be back Thursday with KB and the boys. Um, we'll have our first some of our first college bowl game picks and stuff like that, and start getting into the bowl season. But yeah, and then we'll be back next Tuesday with uh, unedited. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Love you all, even the Jordan fans. Have a good one. Thanks for listening again, guys. Peace.